The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Jason W. Brooks from Las Vegas, New Mexico, and I would never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 379. I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And seated next to me, my beautiful and talented, loyal co host, Brittany Page. Hello. Hello. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm I'm feeling guilty because we um, forgot that it was the Super Bowl. That's right. Super Bowl Sunday. So that was an unfortunate thing that we did. And we apologize for that. Um, we missed the, the live stream. We did. We posted about it and we asked some opinions from the Patreon supporters and said, hey, what would you guys do? Do you care about football and I, it was pretty close but most people said yeah we would prefer if you rescheduled it so that's what we're doing that is what we're going to do we're not live streaming now but no. we will be yes and uh, we'll figure it out yeah look sometimes shit's going to get delayed or postponed altogether because uh blame the super bowl no nah, just shit you know it's it's a uh, that's a a national event it's a big deal so mm-hmm. we don't want to be live stream it's, it's a without you know signing like a whiner it, it is there's more preparation that goes into a live stream show because i don't want to look like a jackass while the sausage is being made mm. and doing this we can edit a little bit more and have little pauses in between yes it doesn't normally happen but the the preparation just in case mm-hmm. doesn't have to be there mm-hmm. so yeah so let's jump into something. We, we we normally, as you know, being a listener to the show, we open up the show kind of talking about what's happened the last couple of days and blah, 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 you know, kind of a, 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 a view into our lives. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that today. Donald Trump was recently on vacation for the holidays uh, at Mar-a-Lago, and apparently he was... Talking to, I almost said parishioners, the parishioners there, the guests, the members of Mar-a-Lago, his club in Florida. I think it was an RNC meeting. Down there, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but hmm. I, you were making it sound like he's on the golf course for the people that are golfing. Oh, okay. Well, it was donors then. Yeah. And he was brag. Well, why don't you just take over? Well, he was talking about the the test that he had to take, the cognitive exam. Yeah, during his health his health exam. Right. He was he insisted mm-hmm. that they give him 
A cognitive assessment. A co- cognitive assessment. He probably right. didn't call it that. He thinks it's like a fucking IQ test, apparently. Because what was he saying to the to the people at the fundraiser? Well, he was bragging about his score, and <laughs> he he was talking about how good he did. And one of the things he said was, "quote Let me tell you, those last questions are hard. There, oh, wow. there aren't a lot of people that can do that." He he acts like it's it's really uh, a test, like. Uh, like the GRE or the LSAT or the uh, or the SATs, mm-hmm. he, he he acts like it's that. When so here's what we're gonna do. Well, I want to say that I okay. want to say that before you. So it's the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, the MOCA. That is what he took. Yes, and or that was what was administered to him. Correct, and I'm going to give it to you. Yes, to show one nothing to brag about. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if I'm mentally fit. <laughs> so, again, it really doesn't assess mental fitness, right? It just it just assesses cognitive decline. If there's a problem, yeah, it's used oh, okay. it's used to screen to see if there is a cognitive deficit, and these are acquired cognitive deficits, not developmental deficits, meaning that the impaired cognition was not present at birth. So that's why they're giving this test to see. Oh, is something going on here? Are you experiencing a decline in some of these areas? And it, it covers multiple different areas. I don't want to say what those areas are, though, because we can't give away the test for you. Yeah, because I haven't. I have a piece of paper in front of me that's turned over. I don't even know what's on it. Right. But like I said, he's bragging about this test and it has nothing to do with intelligence. It doesn't assess his personality. It doesn't determine that he's like a good decision making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't assess his judgment. Yeah. Um, it's it's used to screen for those neurocognitive disorders. Which you'll see here coming up, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to try to stick to the script as much as possible, although it's going to be somewhat difficult sometimes because we are sitting not right next to each other. Okay. Okay. Um Do I need, should I turn this over now? Uh or no. I'm actually gonna fold it. So okay. that you can only see the portion that you need to see. All right. This is exactly how it would go. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and take that. Okay. okay. Now, this is kind of a bummer for the audience because they're not going to be able to see, but just hang in there because let's see, we're, we're doing something serious here. We're trying to figure out if Jesse D has some cognitive impairments. Yeah. Okay. It's serious. So here we go. Please draw a line. Going from a number to a letter in ascending order. Now I need to do this. Begin. I know how, what it. Uh, I know what it means. Okay. Begin here. Okay. Act and, like I'm pointing to yeah, number one. To number one. You and draw one a, a line from two one to B. I'm supposed to finish the directions because it looks like you got stumped. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the test would go. <laughs> Three C four D five E. Okay. Um, yeah. I can't tell you whether or not you got that yet. It's a surprise. I got it right. Okay. Copy this drawing as accurately as you can in the space below. We're the cube? Yes. All right. There's a cube here, and I'm going to copy it as, as accurately I can. as you can in the space yes. below. Mm. <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um draw a clock. 
in this in this next part of the good draw a clock at 10 put past in, 11 put in all the numbers and set the time to 10 past 11 see he's he's doing it i guess doing, oh yeah you gotta, you gotta yeah, commentate here. yeah <laughs> 10 past 11 he um did so a, the, a fancy the, the shorthand the little short one is going to be here a fancy old-fashioned clock and here's the long hand mm. 10 past 11 okay now we are moving on we to should the... take a photo of this and put it on the facebook page so everyone can see my that <laughs> <laughs> we're glad this isn't an artistic cognition test because <laughs> well you not were, real great you were also rushing so we'll we'll give you that okay tell me the name of it says this animal i'm supposed to point just tell me the name of the animals lion rhino camel good i mean i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to okay. indicate right can i turn it over no, now stop okay don't look at that okay you don't need to look at any of that going forward all right okay so here we go this is a memory test I am going to read a list of words that you will have to remember now and later on. Okay. Listen carefully. All right. When I am through, tell me as many words as you can remember. Okay. It doesn't matter in what order you say them. Okay. Face, velvet, church, daisy, red. Face, daisy, velvet, red. Wow. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I, there's also added pressure here that I we're, we're trying to keep time for the audience. Yeah, and yeah, do the yeah. Thing. Mm. <laughs> I <laughs> I am going to read the same list for a second time. Okay. Try to remember and tell me as many words as you can, including words you said the first time. Okay. Face velvet church daisy red. Oh, face daisy. Velvet Red Church. I didn't remember church last time. <laughs> I will ask you to recall those words again at the end of the test. All right. I am going to say some numbers. And when I am through, repeat them to me exactly as I said them. You can't boss the president of the United States. How dare you? Two, one, eight, five, four. Two, one, eight, five, four. Two, one, eight, five, four. <laughs> now I am going to say some more numbers. This is a tremendous test. But, tremendous. But when I am through, you must repeat them to me in backwards order. All right. Seven, four, two. Two, four, seven. I had to pause. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Wow. So Donald Trump, this is what he took. This is what he's bragging about. Mm -hmm. I remembered those words so good. Oh man, you wouldn't even believe it. It was it was just tremendous. The that I will tell you. Okay, believe me. All right, are you ready for the? Yeah, next? I'm ready. Okay, I am going to read a sequence of letters. Every time I say the letter A, tap your hand once. If I say a different letter, do not tap your hand. Okay. Here. <laughs> okay. F B A C M N A A J K L B A F A K D E 
A A A J A M O F A A B. <laughs> that bell's going to come in real handy. Now I will ask you to count by subtracting seven from eleven, and from. Four. <laughs> now I. <laughs> Now I will ask you to count by subtract, subtracting 7 from 100 and then keep subtracting 7 from your answer until I tell you oh, to stop. Oh, man. Come on now. So go. 93, 86, 79, 72, 65. Stop. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I would have just started crying and said no. Um, <laughs> I am going to read a sentence. Repeat it after me exactly as I say it. All right. I only know that John is the one to help today. I only know that John is the one to help today. Now I am going to read you another sentence. Repeat it after me exactly as I say it. The cat always hid under the couch when dogs were in the room. The cat always hid under the couch when dogs were in the room. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Tell me as many words as you can think of that begin with a certain letter of the alphabet that I will tell you in a moment. All right. You can say any kind of word you want except for proper nouns like Bob or Boston. Okay. Numbers. Or words that begin with the same sound but have a different suffix. For example, love, lover, loving. So none of those things none are allowed. None of that. Okay, they don't count. I will tell Not you... Not different forms of the word. I will, I will tell you to stop after one minute. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now tell me as many words as you can think of that begin with the letter F. Fart. Function. Fail. Fruit. Freak. Fall. Fear. Falalalalala. Wow. <clears throat> um, fashion. Fool. Fight. Fright. Okay, you can be done. All right. I I was, to be honest, not fully paying attention because I was trying to set my timer oh, right. for 60 seconds. <laughs> Again, this is not very official. We're just giving you a taste of what this would be like. Okay. So far, nothing that I would want to brag about. Man, I remembered fright so good. Oh, those F words. <laughs> okay. Tell me how an orange and a banana are alike. They are both fruit. Okay. <laughs> now tell me how a train and a bicycle are alike. They are both methods of transportation. Now tell me how a ruler and a watch are alike. They both measure things. It's pretty good. Or they assist you in measuring. They don't really measure. You do the measuring. Mm -hmm. They're implements mm -hmm. to be used to that end. Okay. I read some words to you earlier, which I asked you to remember. Yeah. Tell me as many Yikes. of those words as you can remember. Uh, velvet, red, church, um, face, 
Yeah, that's about it. Okay, since you're having difficulty recalling one, I can give you a category cue. All right. Type of flower. Daisy? There you go. All right. All right. Look um, at that. Now... Steel trap memory. Okay. Tell me the date. Nothing gets past this guy. Tell me the date today. It is... Yikes. Um, February 5th. Okay. And... Okay, you said the month. Good. What's the year? 2018. And what's the day? It is Monday. Tell me the name of this place. Statesmith. <laughs> and tell me the name of this city. Tustin, California. All right, we're done. That's it. Wow, I got a lot of bragging to do because that was tremendously difficult and I I shined. Mm-hmm. I shined at that. Yeah, so Donald Trump got a perfect score, 30. And it is weird that he's bragging about this. Because, again, I think a lot of people have been mocking this test, saying, oh, it's so easy. And uh, it is easy for someone that doesn't have cognitive impairment. Right, it's supposed to be. It, it, that's the point of it. Yeah, it's it's used as a screening tool to see if there's a problem. So it's not like a super difficult exam if you have normal cognitive functioning. And you can remember things. You can recall. Yeah. You can copy down an object, right? I mean, these these things, naming, attention, abstraction, those are things that are difficult for people that have a neurocognitive disorder. So for Donald Trump to be bragging about <laughs> the so- fact that he got a perfect score on this. It is so funny. It just really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And... I mean, it's like bragging about just simple things that you accomplished. Oh, I got out of bed today. You know, you're healthy. You can get out of bed. I got right. I got so out of bed. Oh, you guys would be so proud of me. Yeah, it's 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 expected. like, oh, you see that flight of stairs? Well, those are only five stairs. Oh, yeah, but I walked up. them so good. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just very strange behavior. But he also bragged about his fitness exam too. What when he was talking about it, that he he could have gone for longer on the on the treadmill. It's not to see when you collapse; it's <laughs> to test the stress of your heart. What no. does he think? No, they were trying to figure out how long he would last. Unbelievable, man! <laughs> God damn, Jesus. So this was this was a little test, uh, a little example of the mocha what he took so for those who are wondering this is what it's like yeah more, a little bit more in depth than just explaining it is me taking it so it gives you some some insight so when your friends talk about how donald trump killed it on that test you can point out that it's really just you know knowing what a lion looks like and a rhino and a and a and a giraffe well or whatever. yeah and again it's great you don't have cognitive impairment, but yeah. this says nothing about your ability to make good decisions, to, to delay gratification, to nuclear to, war. <laughs> yeah, it says nothing else. That that's all it says. Yeah. It's not an intelligence test, which again, I think that's what he thinks it is. I or, think so. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's he move on. He thinks the intelligence test is this easy. <laughs> let's move on. We've got um, some voicemails and some emails that we want to get to. Um. And then there's a couple stories before we get to Dalmocracy. Hey, guys, this is Mike from central Trumpylvania here in Hershey. I uh, just wanted to leave a message about uh, our orange-faced idiot 
it's geography, not history, you fucking mook. Anyway, uh, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye-bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. That, of course, in reference to last episode when we uh, we played the taking care of biz of the reporter in, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Asking Donald Trump his favorite county in Iowa of the 99 counties that are there. Yeah. And uh, he him, said, this is not history. It's class. not a history lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Very much. Hey, this is Justin from California. I'm calling in regards to very important topic that you guys covered on uh, the last episode. That is about Matt Walsh and Christian yoga, the problems with Christians doing yoga. Uh, I just thought it was ironic considering the fact that Matt Walsh has literally tattooed on his arm what he thinks is a Cairo but was used in the 3rd century uh, to denote Zeus and uh, Ptolemy on the coinage and the currency of ancient Egypt. It's also used in pagan uh, literature uh, up until the time that it was appropriated by Constantine. So a uh, hypocrite and uh, someone who doesn't understand basic uh, appropriation that all religions do uh, for more ancient forms. So keep up the good work, uh, and Brittany is the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Wait a minute. Matt Walsh, a hypocrite? <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> better come I'm with, shocked. You better come with more than facts and data and history. Yeah, I'm, I, I really, really dislike Matt Walsh. Ugh. I didn't know he had tattoos. I if, Can someone figure out how tall he is for me? I've been trying to figure that out for a while. <laughs> I just, I I don't really have a reason for it. I just, I'm trying to figure it out. So if you could let me know. He, he's, he has never been photographed standing. He, I think this is on purpose. It's a conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Superman and Clark Kent never being photographed together. Yeah. It's just Matt, Matt Walsh trying to hide his height. Yeah, something suspicious is going on. All right. So... Listen, we, we, we've been talking a lot about the Me Too movement, and um, we talked last episode about, we read an email from a listener named Ben about what went on in, early in his childhood and his, his Me Too movement, his Me Too uh, moment. And it was very moving. It was very, um, he bared his soul and shared um, a terrible thing that happened to him as, as a child. And... I asked the question because he he indicated that he wasn't believed at first or maybe ever. And I asked the question, who are these parents? Who are these adults who are in charge of the well-being of children who don't take them at their word that they're being abused, that they're being used, that they're being violated? And we have a call, um, I guess, answering that question. Hey guys, Brittany from Mississippi here. Um, Jesse, in podcast 378, as I'm listening, um, you asked, who are these adults who don't believe children when they've um, come to them with stories of abuse? I can tell you who those adults are. Um, When your parents are married for 17 years and your stepfather is someone that you really didn't like when you were a teenager. You really didn't have a good relationship when you were a teenager. Um, and the divorce is going through and you're just so relieved and grateful that that monster is out of your home and you don't have to deal with him anymore. And you decide to sit your mother down and tell her 
the stories of what happened on this day and what happened on that day and how he used to tell you not to say anything to your mother and not to go running and crying to your mother about this. Um, the systematic issue with my relationship and my mother is that since I already didn't like my stepfather at one point and didn't get along with him, I must just be reaching for something else. The, oh, come on, I know you didn't like him, but attitude is what I have dealt with. Um, the idea that since you didn't get along, you don't have to take it so far as to accuse him of something. And so those are the types of adults that don't believe children when they come to tell you um, stories like that. The type of adult who doesn't want to believe that their child went through something like that because their life was too perfect or too good or too um, whatever. Which, don't get me wrong, growing up, I had a great childhood. I had... um, anything and everything I could have wanted. I didn't realize how well off my family was until I got older and my parents got divorced. And then I saw that they outright owned the home we grew up in. They never financed a dime. They outright owned the vehicles that they drove. They, everything my parents did operated in cash. So we were supposed to be happy. We were supposed to be normal, but when you're 17 years old and your stepfather is looking through your window while you're getting dressed in the morning for school and he's quote unquote supposed to be doing the yard work, mowing the grass or trimming the hedges or whatever the story was, those types of adults are the ones that don't, don't believe children because they think you're already so angry at that person. Why, why accuse them of something to make it worse? So, yeah. Love you guys. Love the show. And we Britneys are always the best part. Wow. Well, um, Brittany, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, it shocks me. It, 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 I'm, it dismays me. I don't get it. I don't want to be uh, a dick, but maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm wired differently, and I I don't have a problem cutting people out of my life who are damaging, who who I consider to be cancer. They are human tumors who need to be who need to be surgically excised. Your mom would be that for me. I wouldn't. If she is taking her ex-husband's word over yours, that's a problem. I And it's maybe just my issue not being able to process and, you know, being a grudge holder. But uh, that is alarming. It's That's disgusting. I, I, feel, I feel bad for you. I do. Yeah, I that was that was hard to listen to. Um I I want to give my reaction. Um but this is not a like professional um 
advice or opinion take. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I feel like I need to right, say that. Right, right. Um, I, I had a very strong reaction to her saying that um, her cars were paid for and the house was paid for and they had money. Um, you know, just because you have money doesn't mean that you had a good childhood or that you need to um, tell people that you had a good childhood or that everything was okay. That isn't really what everything is based on. It's actually really important to feel safe as a child. And what Brittany was describing there was a very unsafe situation. Yeah. Where you can't even change without feeling as though someone is taking advantage of you. Someone is harming you. And I know it's difficult to acknowledge that sometimes. It, it feels painful. But I think Brittany needs to give herself some credit there. That it's okay to recognize what happened to her was not right. And I am sorry that the adults that were around her didn't recognize that. And also haven't said that to her because I think that she needs to hear that. So that shouldn't have happened to you. And I'm sorry that it did. And it was bad. And he is a monster. And that was wrong. Yeah. So that's my reaction to that. And I... Well, listen, we'll leave it at that. Ten- tangentially to this, this is uh, somewhat related. Larry Nasser, we've talked about him. Mm-hmm. He is the absolute monster in human form who molested maybe hundreds. We know certainly of 166, maybe more, though. He was just sentenced again in a state case where he has hundreds of years in jail. You may have heard in the case that one of the fathers of three of his victims attacked, tried to attack him in the courtroom. Here's a little bit about that. To the chaotic and emotional scene in a courtroom, a distraught father lunging at Larry Nasser, the former Olympic doctor convicted of sexually abusing scores of young female athletes. Now, the father had just heard his own daughters read their victim impact statements. He is now apologizing, but also saying he wants Nasser to go to, quote, one of the deepest, darkest, hottest pits in hell. ABC's Ariel Reshef joins us with more this morning. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Paul and Dan. It was a dramatic day in court that father says he was unable to contain himself as he stared down the man accused of sexually assaulting his three daughters and hundreds of others. Judge, what a distraught father have a chance to say something. You son of a Raw emotion boiling over in a Michigan courtroom. Grant me five minutes in a locked room of this <laughs> demon. I have Would a you feel- do that? I, I that is not yes how Yes or no? No, sir, I can't. Would you do give me that. one minute? <laughs> I, you know that I can't do that. That's not how our legal system Randall Margraves charging disgraced former USA gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser during another sentencing hearing. Let me have that son of a stand with me. I want that. 
The father of three girls who say they were molested by Nasser tackled, cuffed, and held in contempt. But no charges. The judge speaking in court. I'm a parent. I can't say that I understand. I don't know what it would be like to stand there as a father and know that three of your girls were injured physically and emotionally by somebody sitting in a courtroom. Margraves later apologizing, saying he was incensed watching Nasser shake his head as two of his daughters read their impact statements. Now I have to live with the fact that I failed to protect my daughters. So this was the right decision that he was not punished for doing this. I think so, too. You, you can imagine. I mean, you're sitting there watching your daughters give their victim impact statements, and he's sitting there shaking his head. He pled guilty to the crime, and he's shaking his head no, as in, as if to say it didn't happen, or just being disrespectful of their experience, mm -hmm. that he foisted on them. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to watch this footage and not feel like he should have at least been able to get just one little tap in. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of hard, right? Well, it's a visceral. It's a visceral moment. I think that we all, the 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 desire for justice is strong, especially in cases like this. Yeah. And him being able to just go and sit in jail for the rest of his life is not really penance. Not not to me. I mean, if if <laughs> if Larry Nasser did this to one of my loved ones. He he wouldn't be standing under his own power. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to to breathe under his own power. Yeah. I just, I, I feel for the guy. I, I do feel for the guy. Yeah, it's horrible. It's so. horrible. So that is what a parent, mm -hmm. that is how a parent reacts. Not with disbelief. Not with doubt. It's tough. All right. Let's move on. Are we going to talk about the Pope? Oh, yeah. That is another thing that's uh, related to this. Let's do talk about that. Mm -hmm. Fucking Pope. Listen, I've said it before. I, again, here we are. I'm tired of all of these, quote unquote, liberals who heap praise upon this Pope. Oh, he loves the poor. He does this and that. He also denied that there were allegations against a Chilean priest and now there's evidence that Pope Francis knew that there was. Pope Francis received a victim's letter in 2015 that graphically detailed how a priest sexually abused him and how other Chilean clergy ignored it, contradicting the Pope's recent insistence that no victims had come forward to denounce the cover-up. The letter's author and members of Francis's own sex abuse commission have told the Associated Press. The fact that Francis received the eight-page letter obtained by the AP challenges his insistence that he had zero tolerance for sex abuse and cover-ups. It also calls into question his stated empathy with abuse survivors, compounding the most serious crisis of his five-year papacy. Well, how do you say this? Pope Francis is a liar. The Pope of the Roman Catholic Church is a liar who put the power and reputation of the organization he leads over the health and safety and security 
of children. He also was in the news because he called the accusations against this priest slander. Yeah. On his trip to South America. And it's just so strange because you're dealing with Catholic priests and the record ain't good for yes, that. So not at all. I'm saying if you're going to be taking a side in this matter, it seems like that's the wrong one to take. Yeah. Maybe. Listen, I don't know. If that's Maybe the, that's not reasonable. If that's but. the hill he wants to die on is child rape. Look, I could see like, oh, this church doctrine or that church doctrine. Women in the clergy, something like that would be shitty enough. But no, he wants to go the extra mile to deny and protect serial child rapists. So if you're wondering, well, how do they know that the Pope actually got the letter? Well, there was a cardinal, Cardinal O'Malley, and he called this person and said that after a visit to Philadelphia, he had given the letter to the Pope in his hands. He had put the letter into yeah. the Pope's hands. So, I mean, unless he rips up letters that cardinals give him. Right. <laughs> or the cardinal is lying. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. No good. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap that up. We do have some other Me Too stuff that we're going to get to. Uh, if you emailed in, uh, do not fear. We are going to get to it. We appreciate all of the contributions, all of the submissions. This is an important topic, and we are, we feel blessed, if you will, to be in a position to to move the conversation forward about this. Thanks, you guys. If you, too, would like to sound off, email the show or leave a voicemail. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Shara. Shara. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Shara. Listen, if I'm not, just write in, let me know, pull a Raina, because we were mispronouncing Raina's name for a very long time, and she finally told us. Raina was Renia for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and we never messed it up after that, so. Well, the only name we really screw up a lot is Jarton. Yeah, we are. Jarton. We are fast learners, <laughs> except with Bob. Yeah, Bob. We just call him Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a fast learner because I forgot Velvet and Church. That is Daisy, correct. Yeah. Face. A little bit of a memory red. problem. Mm -hmm. I think it's all of them, actually. Mm. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Listen, if you're not ready to join the Patreon family and take part in our Google Hangout calls and our live streams that apparently we like to, to, to postpone, um, you can shop on Amazon. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. You can buy a, a t-shirt at dollamore.info. That all supports the show. You can also rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts, which is super easy now with their new app, which is kind of crappy, but the, the review part is real easy. You can just click the star to rate, 
or go the extra mile and leave a little blurb of a review. One of these days, we're going to go through and read some of them. We, uh, we appreciate all of them. You guys are the best, and we love you. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we just went over the mini mental status exam. No. The Montreal whatever. Cognitive assessment, MOCA. MOCA. That is a separate test. So the reason I bring it up again is because I've got a clip here that I think Vice put together of 21 things that Donald Trump thinks are just going to be so, so easy. It's very, very funny. This is so easy. This is so easy. Political correctness for me is easy. Presidential's easy. Not using profanity is very easy. We're all going to make a deal on health care. That's such an easy one. You're going to have such great health care at a tiny fraction of the cost, and it's going to be so easy. It would be very easy and very quick to get gasoline prices down. I can take care of China in my back pocket. That's easy for me. Russia? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty easy one. <laughs> it would be so easy for me to terminate this man, ruin his life, ruin his family. Taking candy from, like, that beautiful little baby, okay? So easy. We're building the wall. The wall is going to be built. It's easy. A lot of politicians said, you can't get Mexico to pay for the wall. I said, oh. It's going to be so easy. Trade is so easy for me. You have your prisoners back. It's so easy. This is question and answer. I said, good, that's easy. I would love to read speeches off of a teleprompter. It is so easy to do. Words are easy. We have drugs. We have debt. We have empty factories. That's going to end. That's going to end. So easy. You're fired. That's so easy. We're going to make some unbelievable changes. And it's, it's so easy. We're going to stop the nonsense that's going on. And it's so easy to stop. Come up with something that everybody's happy with. It's so easy. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. That's an easy one. <laughs> so apparently uh, many of those things are not easy. Apparently getting Mexico to pay for the wall. Tremendously difficult. Why has everyone just forgotten about that? Why, why is no one saying, wait a minute? No, you said multiple times. Yeah. You yelled about it. Everyone clapped about it. Why are you acting like you didn't say that? You said it. So We just heard him say yeah, it. Yeah, so do it. <laughs> do it. Right? Well, it's easy. Why, why can't he do it? Why yeah, won't he do problem it? Solved. So problem solved. Problem solved. So the other easy thing that Donald Trump has been yakking about is the economy. Although he is equating the stock market to the economy, and that's just, that's not what the stock market is. It's not economic growth. It is it is a, a rise in people's portfolios, and only about 50% of the country, and really the people who are greatly benefiting from the stock market increase, that is up until today, and we'll get to that, are very rich people, the people who really hold most of the wealth in the nation. Well, today... Look, I've been saying this for a long time. Video after video after video. I have several videos where I've said, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna tie this to you, you're gonna take credit for the stock market when it's good. You're also going to take credit when it's bad. And today is Donald Trump's day. Good afternoon. We're coming on the air now with news from Wall Street. Want to take to the floor of the stock exchange. There you see the Dow down more than a thousand points 
right now coming on top of a more than 600-point loss on Friday. That puts the Dow in negative territory for this year, down a little more than 4% uh, right now. But, of course, this comes on top of a healthy gain in the stock exchange over the last year. If you look back to when President Trump was inaugurated back in January 2017, the Dow was below 20,000, now uh, about 24,000, so close to a 25% rise since 2017. But it has been a tough day on Wall Street right now as we approach the closing bell. The Dow continues to drop now down about 1,100 points. I'm here with our chief business correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. And Rebecca, this will be the largest point drop ever in Dow history, but far from the worst day. That's right, George. If you look at this in point terms, we will close somewhere down about 1,100 points today. That's sizable, but nowhere near as bad as it was on September 9th, 2008, when the Dow fell 777 points, and that was a near 7% fall that day. We've just come a lot farther since then. That's why the percentage terms today are still down 4.6%, but course, not as bad as then. That famous Black Monday in 1987, where the Dow dropped more than 20%. 20%. But at, some, at one point today, the that was down about 1,600 points. It was even worse. That was even worse. It was looking like we could be in that negative 7% territory, so we've come up from there. But, George, as we were speaking about earlier, there are a number of veterans on Wall Street who have been feeling like something is coming, that, that this is meant to be, that something we were going to see a sell-off like this at some point in time, given how far stocks have come in the last year, up 22% in the last year. Right, but the economy is still quite strong. The jobs report on Friday... 200,000 jobs were added. The wage gains are happening. And that's what we were really waiting on, those wage gains. And some of that actually can have a negative impact on this market because as wages and jobs improve, it gives more reason for the Fed to hike interest rates, which in turn can weigh on stocks. We have now had the closing bell there. You see it right there. The down about 1,178 points right now. That'll settle for a few more minutes, but a more than 4% loss today coming on top of a 600-point drop on Friday. Of course, that has wiped out the gains in the Dow for the year. Wiped out the gains for the Dow for the entire year. Now, that's only, you know, a month or so. Mm -hmm. But I'm not claiming that this is Donald Trump's fault. All I'm saying is if he's going to take credit for when it's high and it's record setting, then goddamn, he better take credit for it when it's failing, too. Did other presidents take credit when the stock market was high? Uh, no, typically presidents try to stay away from it because it is so volatile mm -hmm. and they really do have so little control right. over what's going on yeah. that they don't want to tie themselves to it. But Donald Trump is impetuous uh -huh. and doesn't think very clearly, mm -hmm. even though he passed that MOCA exam. So mm -hmm. flying colors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, uh, it's just it's 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 bizarre. The reactions I've seen to this, and I won't even pretend to know anything about the stock market. Someone could tell me whatever they want to say, and I would, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but from what I've been reading, the economy is probably fine. Yeah, no, the economy is doing well. Yeah, so this isn't like. The Great Depression is happening no, again. No, not this at all. Isn't. I wouldn't be worried about but that But people at all. were acting kind of panicked, not really understanding what was happening. Yeah, well, the economy is doing well, but the economy has been doing well since like month three of, of Barack Obama's presidency, mm -hmm. getting better and better and better and better and better over the course of those eight years to where Donald Trump is just kind of coming in at the very the very tail end of a booming economy that that was 
bouncing back from the the great recession that we had in the the waning months of Donald or of uh, the waning months of George W. Bush's presidency. So let's get to some economy real quick, very briefly. I don't want to bore everybody with economic talk, but <laughs> Donald Trump talked about this during his State of the Union address a lot, mm-hmm. talking about black unemployment for one thing. Yeah. And I want to play this because this is JTAP, mm-hmm. good old JTAP. We need a drop or something for JTAP in honor of JTAP. Like a JTAP segment. Huh, maybe we should do that. With a, with a JTAP song. Have him come on. A little jingle. Have him come on every other episode and talk. Uh, yeah, figure that out. <laughs> right. Get that done for us. Does somebody know JTAP? Yeah, what are you waiting so anyway, for? Anyway, here's him doing the, you know, the factcheck.org um, about that very thing, the black unemployment rate, which is very, it's, it's, it's at record lows right now, which is a good thing. It's still got a lot of work to do to, 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 to make it lower, but Donald Trump is t- trying to take credit for it. And uh, as you would expect... Uh, there's more of the story. Hey everybody, it's Jake Tapper from CNN's State of the Union and factcheck.org. And this week we're going to take a look at a claim that President Trump keeps making, that black unemployment is at an all-time low. He tweeted it, in fact, quote, Somebody please inform Jay-Z that because of my policies, black unemployment has just been reported to be at the lowest rate ever recorded, all caps. And then he repeated that claim at the State of the Union. Unemployment claims have hit a 45-year low. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. Is that true? Is African-American unemployment at its lowest level ever because of President Trump's policies, as he claimed in the tweet? No, that's not entirely true. But let's start with the good news here. Black unemployment is at its lowest level since they started keeping these statistics in 1972. But it is not true that President Trump's policies are the reason that it is at this low level. What President Trump doesn't make clear is that when he took office, the black unemployment rate was nearly at a 10-year low already. In fact, black unemployment has been steadily decreasing for years. And this is a point that Democrats are jumping on to push back on Take a listen to what Democratic Senator Kamala Harris of California told me after the president's State of the Union address. Many people, including members of the Congressional Black Caucus, were not applauding. And probably because we all know that the way that he should have made that statement is at the end of that statement, he should have said, thank you, President Obama. Now, this downward trend in black unemployment has continued under President Trump. In fact, while the number of employed black Americans rose by 354,000 under President Trump, that rise is dwarfed by the gains in each of the previous three years under President Obama. It increased 541,000 in 2016, 767,000 in 2015, and 710,000 in 2014. We should note here that we are consistently using the same numbers and same sources of information, whether we're talking about President Obama or President Trump, and that is not what candidate Trump did when he would basically make up wildly inflated numbers of black unemployment while campaigning for president. If you look at what's going on in this country, African-American youth, as an example, 59% unemployment rate, 59%. Still, no doubt it's good that unemployment in general is going down and unemployment in the black community is going down. And President Trump seems surprised that he isn't getting more credit for this in the black community. Listen to Jay-Z talking about this issue in a recent interview with Van Jones on CNN. 
To give him a little bit of credit, too, let me ask you this. Um, he is somebody who's now saying, look, I'm growing, uh, I'm dropping black unemployment. Does that make him a good leader? No, because it's not about money at the end of the day. Money is not, doesn't equate to like happiness. It doesn't. It's, that's, that's not missing the whole point. We treat people like human beings. And then, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the main point. The bottom line, President Trump is correct when he says that since these statistics have been capped, black unemployment is at an all-time low. That's true. But he takes way too much credit when he says that that is because of his policies. A reminder to all you politicians out there, you're perfectly entitled to your own opinions, not to your own facts. I'm Jake Tapper for CNN State of the Union and factcheck.org. Those are some stark numbers. Is that always the background music or were they just uh, spinning some records for that one? (laughs) I don't know. Did you hear those, though? Yeah. Donald Trump, 354,000 jobs in 2017. The previous four years, 541,000, 767,000, and 710,000 under Obama. A far better outlook, far better results under President Obama than Donald Trump's 354. Again, some of this is because of the economic policy that that, uh, Barack Obama put forth and the stimulus packages and all that stuff that did stimulate the economy as it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. But we are now coming kind of to the twilight of that growth. Think of how much he's talking about this, though. This is something that he's really trying to get people to believe. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think he is so intent on making people believe that he has single-handedly lifted the black population out of unemployment? Yeah, I, I don't... Is it to convince us that he's not racist? <laughs> Is it to like jingle the keys? Hey, look over here. Ignore Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller and probably a little bit of how David Duke is constantly tweeting about how much he loves me. (laughs) Oh, that's true. And everything that I say. Yeah, all that's true. It is true. Also, you mentioned this is his attack on Jay-Z. Yeah. Eminem can say whatever he wants. Well, produce they, music videos shitting on Donald Trump. Yeah, I Crickets. think I think that he Eminem hosted uh, an award show, and he did a rap opening the award show. I think this is what it was, and the whole thing was about Donald Trump, and yeah. he didn't tweet about him. No, he didn't come out and say why is he criticizing me, and then Eminem did an interview with a magazine. And was asked about his freestyle that he did about Donald Trump, shit on Donald Trump some more, and still nothing. No tweets. Yeah. And then Jay-Z says something, and oh, the next day, Donald Trump has something to say. Now, what is different? He's got to clap back. What's different between Eminem and Jay-Z? I don't know. No, I I yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to venture a guess. Yeah. They're so similar. Yeah, I don't know. Not much difference there at all. I don't know what it could be <laughs> that pissed Donald Trump off about Jay-Z, but right. not Eminem. He does not like being told by a black man. Yes. That's for sure what it is. Yes, in this desperate attempt to say, look at what I'm doing. No one believes you. Yeah. No one believes you. So the other thing about the State of the Union, this just happened today. Donald Trump was in Cincinnati, Ohio, giving another rally, 
political rally. <laughs> I'm trying. You know what I'm going to start doing since mm-hmm. I have the bell here? Yeah. Is rather than I want to make this more kid friendly. Mm. People could listen to it at work and not have to worry about me dropping the F bomb. Okay. So every time I'm getting ready. Yeah. Or every time I was going to, but I didn't. Yeah. You're going to ring a bell. Ding the bell. Okay. A little inside action. Yeah. Not cursing. Okay. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yes. What about me? I'm going to have to just. Well, you don't really have the mouth that I have on the air. That is correct. Caveat on the air. That is correct. (laughs) Um,. But, okay, I'll just get it under control. All right. That's the solution. So, Donald Trump, during his political rally, his political rally today, (laughs) said that the Democrats who weren't clapping for him were un-American. And he went on to even qualify that, yeah, he agrees that even treasonous would be a good word to describe it. I think this is not a good day. For Nancy Pelosi. She's our secret weapon. No, she's our secret. I just hope they don't change her. There are a lot of people that want to run her out. She's, she's really out there. Now I'm supposed to make a deal with her. But you know, the other day, did anybody happen to see the State of the Union address? Right? Okay. So I got good marks. Uh. But I said you have the lowest black unemployment in the history of our country. It was like, it was a game. You know, they play games. They were told, don't even make a facial movement. And I'm talking about you have the lowest Hispanic unemployment in the history of our country. This isn't me saying, this is the charts, the polls. We have the lowest in the history of our country. Dead silence, not a smile. In fact, there was one guy when I said the lowest African-American unemployment, he was sort of clapping like, who was that guy? He's a nice guy. I think he was a reverend. And he was, I wouldn't say it was exactly arousing, but he, he was putting his hands together. And I want to find out who he is. I'm going to send him a letter of thank you. And he was probably severely reprimanded. Don't you think, Rob? I think so. Because he was the only one. So that means they would rather see Trump do badly, okay, than our country do well. That's what it means. It's very selfish. And it got to a point where I really didn't even want to look too much during the speech over to that side. Because honestly, it was bad energy. No, it was bad energy. You're up there. You've got half the room going totally crazy, wild They loved everything. They want to do something great for our country. And you have the other side, even on positive news, really positive news like that, they were like death and un-American, un-American. Somebody said treasonous. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? Can we call that treason? Why not? I mean, they certainly... Didn't seem to love our country very much. But you look at that, and it's, it's really very, very sad. So we have to keep it going, because this country is turning, and it's turning much faster. And I said I'm going to do it, but it's happening faster than I thought. 
So the the worst part of this is watching it live, yeah. watching the video. Yeah. And the the people behind him watching their faces and how they're clapping and, and their cheering. MAGA hats. And, yeah. And <laughs> the way that he says treasonous, he's saying it so flippantly. Yeah. I guess we could say that. This is a funny ha-ha joke. No, it's not. You're the president of the United States leveling a charge of treasonous behavior on political opponents opponents who don't stand and clap for everything you say yeah. during your State of the Union. This is not comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You are not a comedian. You're not comedian in chief. You're not supposed to be making little funny ha-has on the stage. You're supposed to be a serious person. Is, listen, making a little joke now and again is fine, I think. But you don't joke about treason. I mean, he is the expert in treason and treasonous behavior, <laughs> mm-hmm. traitorous behavior. Mm. It just and also really selfish. Oh, they're really selfish. Who's he? Yeah. Well, he's acting like they weren't cheering for him and they were intentionally trying to insult him. But what was he just saying about Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. Was he not insulting her? Oh, and I have to make deals with her? Really? Uh. He, he, he uh. That's prick shit, right? That's and then, prick shit. And then what? He's supposed to go face-to-face with her again, and she's supposed to be like, hello, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw yes. that speech, but we have to act like everything is fine and dandy. He is the ultimate embodiment of... You can dish it out, but you can't take it. Yes. Uh, he That is Donald Trump yeah. to a T. 100%. A guy who can dish it out all day long. Mm-hmm. Aggressively and mercilessly mm-hmm. with cruel language. Yeah. But if you say anything back to him, oh, you're un-American. Mm-hmm. Because he believes he is the country. Yeah. Early on, people talked about the fact that, uh, well, I want, I want him to succeed. I don't want Donald Trump to succeed. I want Donald Trump to fail. Because if Donald Trump succeeds, Donald Trump's agenda succeeds. If Donald Trump succeeds, all of the bad things that we're seeing come to pass with DACA, a $1.5 trillion deficit tax cut, all of that is bad news for America. If Donald Trump succeeds... America is not better off. Just the way it is. All right. So this week, we're going to briefly cover this, and then we're going to maybe get into more detail on the next episode. Devin Nunes released his memo. Mm -hmm. They voted on it, partisan basis, moved it on to the White House where Donald Trump agreed to make it, to declassify it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was an unbelievable dud. I would encourage everybody to go read it. I I took screenshots of it. I put it on the Facebook page. I put it on Twitter. Here's what's fascinating about this. Is you have the Democrats who are saying this is an absolute dud. What was the hashtag? Dud memo? Dud memo, yeah. And then you have Trump supporters tweeting that this is Watergate. Yeah. Well, prior they were saying that. They're not so much saying that anymore. No, I'm, really? I'm still seeing people share the memo wow. and, and say this is serious. 
this is a problem and every American should be concerned about this. Hmm. So that's what I am struck by is <laughs> that these two groups of people are reading the same document and coming away with two completely different conclusions. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder, are <laughs> are people really coming away with the same conclusions, but they have to stick to their prescribed narrative and back up their boy? I, I do believe that's what it is. I mean, look at Devin Nunes today went on Fox Fox and Friends. Mm -hmm. Good old Fox and Friends. Oh, I heard the bell. I was going for my mouth. <laughs> Good old Fox and Friends on Fox News and said that George Papadopoulos, the individual who has pled guilty to lying to FBI investigators that he's never even met the president. He's never even met Donald Trump. When we have a photo released from the Trump campaign of them in the same room, at the same desk, at a meeting about foreign relations. So they're operating under their own set of facts that fly in the face of reality. So these idiots who are saying this is bigger than Watergate, are all they're doing is just making it grander the same kind of narrative that would have you believe that George Papadopoulos and Donald Trump didn't meet one another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he, he, in the spirit of that, though, here's Brian Stelter from CNN's Reliable Sources, who believes this week was actually a good week for Sean Hannity, who led the charge on this release the memo thing. Let's be honest. This week, Sean Hannity won and the rest of America lost. The pro-Trump media, led by Hannity, has circled the wagons around President Trump. They've distracted people about the truth uh, involving Trump's Russia ties, and they've done everything possible to destroy faith in Robert Mueller's probe. And look, Hannity won. It worked. you got to give him credit where it's due. Hannity gave a megaphone to the GOP congressman who said they had a smoking gun memo proving a deep state conspiracy against Trump. Hannity hyped it night after night after night in January, like a human countdown clock. We have massive breaking news tonight, the biggest, frankly, we have ever reported on about the Russia investigation, and they will make Watergate look like an insignificant blimp on your radar. A source <laughs> is telling me this is going to all be proven right. I have a message tonight for the special counsel, Robert Mueller. Your witch hunt is now over. It is the biggest national scandal by far in our lifetime. What we are uncovering, uncovering here is far worse than Watergate. People need to be held accountable. Trump reportedly watched that and loved it. And he told aides the memo needed to come out because it would undermine Mueller. And on Friday, we all saw the coverage. It was never going to live up to the hype when you've got Hannity talking about this being Watergate times a thousand. But the noise around the memo doesn't make much sense anyway. Devin Nunes alleges surveillance abuses, even though he recently voted to support greater surveillance powers. And the timeline doesn't make much sense either. But come on, when you're trying to confuse people, that doesn't matter. All the questions, all the headlines, all the doubt, all the curiosity, all the concern, that was the point. To get it on the front page, to sow doubt and division, that was the point. And look at cable news. The nation's deep divide was visible in prime time. 
There is new vital information that is even more damning, more damaging than anything we've told you so far. This is Watergate times a thousand. That's it. <laughs> That's all they've got. Nunez hinted uh, that there's more to come, that this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know what the only thing better uh, than one whack memo? More <laughs> whack memos. <laughs> There it is. That's a preview of what's coming next. Uh, GOP uh, congressmen are promising more memos, more revelations. And Fox is already telling people to stay tuned. Meanwhile, MSNBC is already making fun of it. But, you know, the, the memo, this entire memo thing, I know it's confusing, but it gives the Hannity's of the world an alternative reality to live in. It gives Trump a way to say he's vindicated, even though he's not. It lets Trump allies say Mueller's probe is tainted and needs to be shut down. It allows them to turn every claim around on its head. Collusion? Yeah, there was collusion by the Democrats. Obstruction? Yeah, the Dems obstructed. It's, it's like that old childhood schoolyard taunt. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Now, the, the current in vogue talking point is there is an important investigation going on, but it's not the investigation into Russian interference in the election. It's the investigation into the FBI. That's the alternative reality. And look, this campaign of confusion is good for Hannity. His ratings are way up. It's good for Trump as well. But it's bad for the country. I don't believe ultimately it will be good for Donald Trump. Because this memo did not live up to the hype. And I'm not a Rachel Maddow about this. It, it went nowhere. I posted it immediately after reading it because everyone should read it to see just how little is there. They make claims about the investigation being completely predicated on the dossier and then not explaining to the judge who granted a uh, the warrant, the, the surveillance warrant. warrant, the FISA warrant, that it was uh, politically paid for. Well, that's not true. And then recently, Devin Nunes says, oh, well, it was in a footnote. It was really small. Just really written really small in a footnote. That means it was there. And when you are granting a FISA warrant in a secret FISA court, you read everything. You don't skim it. You're not looking over. You're not brushing by the footnotes. Everything gets read. Well, this was this centered on Carter Page. Yes. And the FISA warrant to go after, observe, I don't know what word to well, use. Well, because he was the Carter foreign Page. agent. Yeah, and Carter Page is that goofy guy that you've seen doing interviews who should never, ever again do an interview on <laughs> no, TV. Right. But he continues to do them. I yeah. think he was on with Laura Ingram tonight. But he, in 2013, uh, Time Magazine got a hold of this letter, and he in this letter wrote that he was working as an informal advisor for the Kremlin. For the Kremlin. And he had worked or lived in Russia for some time. Yeah. And he had all kinds of problematic connections with Russia. So it wasn't as though they needed the dossier in order to get a judge to grant this FISA warrant. And Carter Page was it, already on the radar, right. already That's a problem. Exactly right. 
And all they needed to say was, hey, that goofy kid is back. And <laughs> now he's hanging out with the Trumps. Yeah. And something seems off here. And we need to we need some more information. Also, they went to the judge three times. And in uh, each subsequent visit, you need to be showing that the surveillance that you have been approved for up to that point is garnering results. That, 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 that it is giving you... Uh, intelligence that is going to move the investigation along. So after the second and third time, you're not really relying on the initial information. You're moving forward with new intelligence that that will be damning and bolstering your case against the foreign agent, Carter Page. But this is the other side of this thing, is that this memo was intended to defame the FBI to discredit the investigators who are heading up and working with Robert Mueller. Donald Trump and all his compatriots like to talk about the deep state a lot. It's this new term that has come into vogue. The problem with that is with this FBI discrediting mission that they're on, maybe they are creating a deep state creating uh, an atmosphere within the FBI where people are going to be gunning for Donald Trump because he's so disrespectful of an organization that they cherish, that they feel fidelity toward. Listen to Phil Mudd, former FBI and CIA agent, talk about it. You know, Phil, uh, Phil Mudd, uh, you work not only at the CIA, but the FBI. How is this playing, do you believe, among uh, the rank and file over there, over at the FBI? Boy, you know, you would think on the surface, Wolf, looking at this from the outside, that this would be demoralizing. I'm going to judge that it is not. You've got a group of people who don't join a company. What they join is, and, and you sense this when you walk the halls of the Hoover Building, as I did, they join a mission that says, I'm here to protect the American people from everything from gangs and organized crime to intelligence threats from Russia and China. The president of the White House think that by saying we support the masses of the FBI, but we oppose in strong language. The president's talking about basically corruption at the FBI today, but we oppose the leadership. The workforce is going to look at this and say this is an attack on our ability to conduct an investigation with integrity. There's hundreds of agents and analysts working on this investigation. It's not just Christopher Wray, the FBI director. So the FBI people, I'm going to tell you, are ticked. And they're going to be saying, I guarantee it, you think you can push us off this because you can try to intimidate the director? You better think again, Mr. President. You've been around for 13 months. We've been around since 1908. I know how this game is going to be played. We're going to win. Yeah, you don't want the FBI uh, that angry at you specifically because they've got information uh, that they... And you know what, uh, Sabrina, let me read to you. Notice how Blitz pivoted there because they've got information. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, You know, the other thing is... That's a little dangerous to say that they're going to be, they have intelligence and, you know, black files on people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're we're going to keep following this as always, of course. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think. Once again, the number is 657-464-7609. You can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. And don't forget, we want to hear from you about any topic that we have talked about on the show or any of the shows. So you got a deep catalog to draw from. Yes, there you go. (laughs) It's the asshole of today. PepsiCo. 
but Doritos. Doritos. If we're being specific. I think I know what this is. Yeah. Is this the the lady Dorito thing? Yeah, they're making lady friendly versions uh, of Doritos. Do they don't have sharp edges or something? I don't understand. No, they don't. <laughs> they aren't as crunchy. Mm. Yeah. So they claim that research has found that women do not like to crunch loudly or lick their fingers when they are eating in front of other people. <laughs> so naturally, they are going to make a chip naturally that caters to this rather than i don't know i guess shaming men for like sticking their fingers down their throat after they eat doritos (laughs) and you know i knew someone one time who loved to crunch on some crunchy chips Hmm. and they could have benefited from this and they were male yeah yes they're not dead. They're Ag- alive. I don't know why I'm talking about them in past Aggressive times. cruncher. Yeah. Like I got my phone out and recorded it because it was cartoonish. You were in the other room with yeah, the door closed. I was. It was like they were trying to see how much noise they could make. Yeah. With crunchy chips. Now everyone that's ever been around me is thinking about it, <laughs> whether they ate chips and if I'm talking <laughs> about them, it's not you. Trust me. So, so what is the deal with companies like this? Remember the company that was like... Creating lady pens, pens that are designed for women, mm-hmm. like your hands are different or something. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. It seems like a company like this with a you know multi-million dollar advertising budget, maybe hundred million dollar advertising budget, mm-hmm. would would know. I mean, it's a huge organization. They've got to know this is going to backfire. This isn't going to go over well. Well, they're saying they're really trying to take this position that you watch men eat Doritos and they crunch them up and lick their fingers up and down and women just consume snacks differently. Hmm. And so they are going to package a snack, create a snack that is made in the way that women prefer to eat their snacks, which is very quiet um, in a dark, like a delicate lane in a dark corner (laughs) very quickly. Like it's their last meal. Are they going to have less powder on them? Less uh, ranch Whatever's on I, them? I don't know how they're going to deal with the licking of the fingers issue. Seems like you could just have a, a paper towel, a napkin. Yeah. A yeah. wet one. Yeah. I, wash your hands. Yeah. There's several <laughs> solutions. <laughs> also, just, don't eat Doritos. Yeah. They're not that good. I don't know. I don't know. That new Blaze commercial with uh, Peter Dink- Dinklage looked pretty good. Yeah, that was that was a good commercial. But I'm not going to go eat them. I can't remember the last time I had a Dorito. Look at you. <laughs> fancy ass. I can't fancy. remember the last time I did that. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there, everybody. <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, we love to hear from you. And that is all. <laughs> Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. F-B-A-C-M-N-A-A-J-K-L-B-A-F-A-K-D-E-A-A-A-J-A-M-O-F-A-A-B.